Welcome to the October 2023 edition of GCM on the Go. This month's reading is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil and Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has manufactured engines for gas compression, drilling, production, and well service. Today, Caterpillar continues the evolution of their gas compression engines with the CAT G3600A4 Gen 2, offering fewer emissions and the option to deliver 10% more power compared to the previous model. Visit cat.com slash G3600 to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and components. Learn more at canesdictionary.com. Now, on to the stories. Enbridge opens the floodgates on midstream M&A. Legacy natural gas assets are a gold mine that's been hiding in plain sight by Daniel Felber. Enbridge Inc. dropped an absolute bomb last month when it announced the $14 billion acquisition of three natural gas utilities from Dominion Energy. The deal is the second largest the North American midstream industry has seen since Enbridge merged with Spectra Energy for $28 billion in 2016. Before we get into the pipelines and compressor stations involved and how the deal relates to other recent midstream mergers and acquisitions, it's important to note the premium price Enbridge is paying for these assets. Enbridge is paying 16.5 times the utility's estimated 2023 earnings, a premium price for what are generally considered low-growth gas transmission, gathering, and distribution assets. It's also a particularly high price relative to what liquefied natural gas assets have been going for, which is perceived to be a higher-growth industry. We think the future of oil is through and out of North America, and the future of natural gas is through North America and exports, said Enbridge Chief Executive Officer Greg Ebel in an interview with CNBC. Enbridge's acquisition is a bold stamp of approval on the value of legacy North American oil and gas assets. The price Enbridge is paying for these assets comes not from growth, but from the affordability, reliability, and security of natural gas relative to other fuels, factors that don't normally garner the attention they deserve. Enbridge expects the deal to close in 2024 and for the utilities to be fully integrated into Enbridge by 2025. Once complete, the deal will make Enbridge the largest natural gas utility business by volume in North America. Infrastructure assets included in the deal. Enbridge is buying the East Ohio Gas Company, QSTAR Gas, and the Public Service Company of North Carolina. East Ohio serves more than 1.2 million customers across more than 400 communities and 27 counties. The utility has 22,000 miles of transmission, gathering, and distribution pipelines, as well as 60 BSCF of natural gas storage. East Ohio operates 21 compressor stations. QSTAR serves about 97% of households in Utah, as well as customers in southwestern Wyoming and Idaho. The utility has about 21,000 miles of transmission, gathering, and distribution pipelines. It has a regulated supply agreement with Wexpro, which can supply up to 65% of QSTAR's gas needs without commodity exposure. PSNC serves more than 600,000 customers across North Carolina and has about 13,000 miles of transmission, gathering, and distribution pipelines. The utilities bring Enbridge's total gas delivery volume to 9.3 BSCF per day, making it the largest natural gas utility in North America. Adding natural gas utilities of this scale and quality at a historically attractive multiple is a once-in-a-generation opportunity, said Ebel in a statement. The assets we are acquiring have long, useful lives, and natural gas utilities are must-have infrastructure for providing safe, reliable, and affordable energy. The entire Enbridge team is committed to working with the East Ohio, QSTAR, and PSNC teams, and to investing in the communities they serve. 
We look forward to serving our customers with dedication and to providing them with safe, reliable, and affordable energy service for years to come. Before the acquisition, only 12% of Enbridge's 2023 estimated earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization, or EBITDA, came from gas distribution, with 3% coming from renewable power, 28% from gas transmission, and 57% from liquids pipelines. Once the acquisition is complete, gas distribution will make up 22% of Enbridge's business, renewable power will stay at 3%, gas transmission will fall to 25%, and liquids pipelines will make up half of 2023 estimated EBITDA. The idea is that Enbridge will make its overall business more predictable since gas utilities provide stable and predictable cash flow. Prior to the acquisitions, Enbridge had no gas distribution exposure in the United States, with 99% of the segments adjusted EBITDA coming out of Ontario. Now, about 48% of gas distribution adjusted EBITDA will come from the United States, and the other 52% will come from Canada. Adding three high-quality U.S. gas utilities further underlines the stability of our risk profile, said Ebel during the Enbridge September acquisition investor presentation. Incremental regulated earnings improve our cash flow quality, while the funding plan allows us to maintain our balance sheet strength. An even more steady and reliable cash flow profile will support long-term dividend growth. The assets come with attractive rate-based growth profiles, adding capital-efficient, low-risk annual investment, which further de-risks our previously disclosed growth outlook. The quick cycle from capital investment to earnings and cash generation these assets provide set us apart from our sector peers. Lastly, the utilities each have low-carbon initiatives that are similarly aligned with Enbridge's environmental, social, and governance goals and provide longer-term growth opportunities. In short, we see this being an extremely rare opportunity to acquire gas utilities of scale in support of jurisdictions and extremely attractive price. Enbridge's Growth Plans Enbridge has come a long way since being a single-purpose crude oil pipeline company. The beginning of its expansion took place in 1994 when Enbridge acquired Consumers Gas, a gas distribution utility in southern and eastern Ohio. In 2002, Enbridge acquired a stake in Alliance Pipeline. The real jump came in 2017 when it completed its merger with Spectra Energy, followed by the merger of Union and Enbridge Gas Distribution to form Enbridge Gas Inc. in 2019. In 2021, Enbridge acquired the Enbridge Ingleside Energy Center. In 2022, Enbridge became operator of the Gray Oak Pipeline. In 2023, it acquired Trace Palacios and Atkin Creek, two gas storage facilities. Post-acquisition, Enbridge expects its total adjusted EBITDA to be $18 billion. Enbridge held its annual Investors Day conference in March. During the presentation, the energy company unveiled plans for annual investments of more than $5 billion, with $3 billion earmarked for natural gas infrastructure. Further budgeting includes $1 billion for liquids infrastructure and $1 billion toward renewable power generation. In gas transmission, growing demand from utility customers, the expansion of the LNG export connections, and the growth in gas-fired generation will drive more than $2 billion a year of investment opportunity through the markets we serve, said Ebel. This also includes capital for the modernization program, which lowers our emissions and will be recoverable through periodic rate cases. The utility will add about a billion dollars of annual growth capital, driven by population growth and the expansion of our storage and transportation capabilities. In renewables, we see a further billion dollars a year of investment opportunity as we expand our onshore footprint here in North America, continue to grow European offshore wind, and execute our solar self-power program. And then in liquids pipelines, we expect to invest a billion dollars annually from capital-efficient expansions, leveraging production growth in Western Canadian sedimentary basin and by continuing to grow our U.S. Gulf Coast export platform. In sum, we're opportunity-rich with conventional and renewable growth capital of approximately $5 billion a year across our footprint. Enbridge sees promise in renewable natural gas and is investing accordingly. 
During the conference, the company announced it acquired a 10% stake in Divert Inc., a food waste management company expanding into RNG to help major food retailers manage their waste more sustainably. The agreement includes further investment opportunities to develop wasted food to RNG projects across the United States. We're now actively working on opportunities to reduce food waste from landfills to produce RNG. Having successfully announced our 10% equity investment in Divert, a company addressing the wasted food crisis, partnering with customers like Kroger, Albertsons, Target, and other large retailers, said Cynthia Hansen, Enbridge's Executive Vice President and President of Gas Transmission and Midstream. This investment gives us the option to invest up to $1 billion in RNG projects across the United States. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency estimates that decomposing food accounts for 26% of all U.S. methane emissions, and food waste presents a valuable feedstock for RNG production, given the billions of dollars worth of waste created each year. According to Divert, the new agreement will accelerate its expansion of anaerobic digestion facilities to sustainably convert wasted food into renewable energy, with plans to scale its facilities to be within 100 miles of 80% of the U.S. population over the next eight years. Divert said it also is considering new wasted food to RNG facilities in Canada. Midstream Mergers and Acquisitions One Oak and Magellan Merger 2023 is likely to be the largest year of midstream M&A activity since before the oil and gas crash of 2014 and 2015. The largest deal is the merger of Magellan Midstream Partners LP and One Oak. The merger was announced in May, but has yet to go through. Doubts have emerged because of the tax implications of One Oak common stock versus Magellan units. Magellan is a master limited partnership. MLPs have a different tax structure than a corporation. The merger would trigger a tax event for Magellan unit holders, which One Oak and Magellan believe isn't a big deal considering the long-term benefits of merging the two companies. What's more, One Oak is buying Magellan for a 22% premium to its market price, the gain of which will exceed the tax expense for investors. One Oak's specialty is the gathering, processing, fractionation, storage, transportation, and marketing of natural gas and natural gas liquids, whereas Magellan is primarily a fee-based, refined products and crude oil transportation business. The companies are headquartered less than three blocks from each other in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The combined company will own more than 25,000 miles of liquids-orientated pipelines, with significant assets and operational expertise at the Gulf Coast and mid-continent market hubs. When you look at our space, it's been consolidating for a while, said Magellan Midstream CEO Aaron Milford in an interview with Yahoo Finance. You've had a lot of smaller companies coming together to make larger companies, so as you look forward, it's all about having more ways to win. When you have a strong refined products business, a strong crude oil transportation business, and you add that to a strong NGL and natural gas business, you simply have more ways to win. So you have more ways to create growth and value for our investors moving forward. Energy transition is uncertain, and the more ways you can adapt, the better off you're going to be as a company, and this merger allows us to do that. The merger is expected to boost cash flows from a variety of sources. Lower capital requirements create $200 million of instant annual synergies, create more than $400 million in synergies within two to four years, and allow the combined company to grow dividends and earnings over time. It's a way to combine an oil midstream company with a natural gas and NGL company to create resilience to market cycles and energy transition. Smaller midstream deals. Energy Transfer acquired Lotus Midstream operations from NCAP Flat Rock Midstream for $900 million in cash and 44.5 million common units of energy transfer. The total transaction value is approximately $1.45 billion. The acquisition complements Energy Transfer's portfolio of oil and gas midstream assets across the United States and Canada. Lotus owns the valuable Centurion Pipeline Company. Located in the Permian Basin, Centurion is a 3,000-mile crude oil pipeline with a capacity of 1.5 million barrels per day. 
The pipeline's associated infrastructure includes wellhead gathering, intra-basin transportation, terminaling, and long-haul transportation services. The most notable piece of infrastructure associated with the pipeline is the Midland Terminal, which has 2 million barrels of crude oil storage capacity. Lotus also has a 5% stake in the 650-mile Wink to Webster pipeline, which can transfer more than 1 million BPD of crude oil from the Permian Basin to the Gulf Coast. Energy Transfer said the deal will boost its access to key downstream markets. The enhanced asset portfolio will feed nicely into major hubs in Oklahoma, such as the Cushing Oil Hub and Texas hubs in Midland, Colorado City, Wink, and Crane. Like most midstream business models, the assets are backed by long-term fee-based and fixed-fee contracts that provide stable cash flows no matter what oil and gas prices are doing. Once the deal is complete, Energy Transfer will boost its coverage even more by constructing a 30-mile pipeline project that will allow the company to originate barrels from its Midland terminals for delivery to Cushing. This additional pipeline is expected to be completed in Q1 2024, with a market capitalization of roughly $40 billion and an enterprise value closer to $95 billion, the deal is significant but not large enough to alter energy transfer's leverage ratio, even though it is being funded mostly with cash. The energy transfer deal comes shortly after Philip 66's January announcement to buy the remaining common units of DCP Midstream for a cash consideration of $41.75 per common unit. Again, not a massive deal given the size of Philip 66, but a noteworthy one nonetheless. In February, Williams Companies closed its deal with Southwest Gas Holdings for the acquisition of Mountain West Pipelines Holdings Company for $1.5 billion. Mountain West comprises roughly 2,000 miles of interstate natural gas pipeline systems, primarily located across Utah, Wyoming, and Colorado, totaling approximately 8 BSCF per day of transmission capacity. Mountain West also holds 56 BSCF of total storage capacity. In February 2022, Enterprise Products Partners completed its $3.25 billion acquisition of Navitas Midstream Partners. The deal complemented Enterprise presence in the Permian Basin and Delaware Basin, with 1,750 miles of pipelines and more than 1 BSCF per day of cryogenic natural gas processing capacity. These deals are just some of the many recent examples of bolt-on acquisitions midstream companies have completed over the last few years. Bolt-on acquisitions seek to complement existing assets and drive synergies without taking on the risks associated with investing in a new geography or industry. However, there has also been a sizable uptick in midstream investment in LNG projects, RNG, hydrogen, carbon capture, utilization and storage, and even renewable energy. In 2021, Kinder Morgan bought Stagecoach Gas Services for $1.23 billion and RNG developer Kinetrix Energy for $310 million. Bolt-on acquisitions are a way for midstream companies to drive profits and boost cash flows without building anything new. The wave of midstream mini-moves we are seeing across the industry is evidence that companies are finding value in consolidation. The larger and more diversified an individual entity, the more it can be insulated from competition within and outside the oil and gas industry. Divergence. The energy sector is at a crossroads. There are some companies that believe in the long-term relevance of oil and natural gas, and others that are abandoning the industry in favor of other opportunities. Sometimes, the decision is out of a company's control. As a regulated utility, Dominion works directly with government agencies. The Virginia Department of Energy released the Virginia Energy Plan, which includes the goal to achieve a net-zero carbon energy economy for all sectors no later than 2045. Virginia is Dominion's home state. A key part of the VEP is renewable electricity, which means shifting some power generation away from natural gas to offshore wind. Under pressure from government agencies and regulators, Dominion has been selling a lot of its oil and gas assets and doubling down on offshore wind. Aside from the deal with Enbridge, Dominion has made two notable deals with Berkshire Hathaway Energy. 
BHEGTNS acquired Dominion's 50% stake in Lusby, Maryland-based CovePoint LNG for $3.3 billion in cash. In 2020, Dominion canceled its Atlantic Coast Pipeline project and sold $9.7 billion in natural gas assets to BHE, including a 25% stake in CovePoint LNG. The project builds upon BHE GTNS's impressive interstate natural gas transmission and storage portfolio, which includes 5,400 miles of transmission pipeline in the eastern United States, 756 BSCF of total natural gas storage capacity, with 420 BSCF of working gas capacity, and natural gas gathering and processing assets. The company provides LNG solutions through CovePoint LNG, Pivotal LNG, and other LNG processing and storage ventures. BHE already serves as operator of the facility. It owns 75% of the project, while a subsidiary of Brookfield Infrastructure Partners owns the remaining 25%. The CovePoint LNG terminal is located on Chesapeake Bay and has 14.6 BSCF of storage capacity and a send-out capacity of 1.8 BSCF per day. The project has a nameplate capacity of 5.25 MTPA. According to Dominion's SEC filings, facilities associated with the CovePoint LNG terminal include the CovePoint pipeline and two compressor stations. The CovePoint pipeline is a 36-inch bidirectional underground interstate natural gas pipeline that extends approximately 88 miles from the CovePoint LNG facility to interconnections with pipelines owned by Transco in Fairfax County, Virginia, and with Columbia Gas Transmission, and DETI, both in Ludown County, Virginia. The Ludown compressor station is located at the western end of the CovePoint pipeline, where it interconnects with the pipeline systems of DETI and Columbia. The Pleasant Valley Compressor Station is located roughly 13 miles to the southeast of the Ludown Compressor Station, where the CovePoint pipeline interconnects with Transco's pipeline system. Combined, the two compressor stations have approximately 30,840 horsepower of installed compression at CovePoint's interconnections with the three upstream interstate pipelines. The CovePoint acquisition builds upon a multi-year uptick in Berkshire Hathaway and BHE oil and gas investments. It also illustrates the stark contrast between a company like Dominion that continues to sell its oil and gas assets and an investment company like Berkshire Hathaway that has no problem buying proven cash cows. Measured Confidence BHE paid 10.8 times 2025 estimated EBITDA for the remaining 50% non-controlling interest in CovePoint LNG, a far lower premium than what Enbridge is paying for the three gas utilities. The premium price proves that the midstream industry is entering a new dynamic. Over the last several years, oil and gas companies have sold off assets for bargain bin prices, only to pay a hefty price for renewable and low-carbon assets. The dynamic has completely shifted. Today, reliable, safe, and profitable oil and gas assets are fetching a much higher price from a growing swath of buyers. Many of these buyers are some of the largest companies in the industry or public and private equity firms. Companies like Enbridge are staying mostly within the oil and gas industry instead of investing outside of it. Similarly, Magellan believes that fossil fuels will remain relevant despite the energy transition. In sum, the oil industry, and to a larger extent the natural gas industry, has shifted from a position of defense and desperation to a position of confidence in the long-term value of fossil fuels. The future global energy mix will likely depend on existing solutions for longer than many realize, but will also look dramatically different a few decades from now than it does today. Oil and gas companies deserve to be confident and avoid underselling valuable legacy infrastructure assets like in years past. However, it would be a mistake to think that the industry shouldn't change and flat out foolish to assume we can pause the rapid advance of climate change.
Venture Global LNG doubles down on Baker Hughes' mid-scale liquefaction train systems. Expanded master equipment supply agreement to support Venture Global's long-term expansion plan to boost LNG production to more than 100 MTPA by Walter E. Von Rees. Venture Global LNG has emerged as one of the fastest growing liquefied natural gas companies in North America. The company has four main projects. CP2 LNG and Calcasieu Pass LNG will be located next to each other just south of Lake Charles, Louisiana, while Plaquemines LNG and Delta LNG will be located south of New Orleans near the mouth of the Mississippi River. Calcasieu Pass LNG entered service in 2022 with a nameplate capacity of more than 11 MTPA. When fully completed, the other three projects will each feature a nameplate capacity of more than 20 MTPA. If all goes according to plan, Venture Global will effectively bring more than 70 MTPA of export capacity to life within a five-year time frame. Venture Global has taken its expansion plans a step further. With the help of Baker Hughes, it now expects to increase LNG nameplate export capacity production to more than 100 MTPA. The two companies executed an expanded master equipment supply agreement for the delivery of additional liquefaction train systems and power island systems for Venture Global's future LNG export projects. Mid-scale liquefaction at work. Calcasieu Pass LNG featured mid-scale liquefaction trains and refrigerant compressor skids that were shipped to Louisiana from Baker Hughes' manufacturing facility in Avenza, Italy. Baker Hughes compressors are being used for Port Arthur LNG Phase 1, the Patronus LNG project, and the Northfield South project. However, the trains are much larger in size than Venture Global's projects. Venture Global's modular approach centers around an efficient manufacturing process. Each 0.626 MTPA train is fabricated off-site and delivered fully assembled. Each block consists of two trains and features a cold box that uses single-mixed refrigerant technology. The refrigerant compressors are driven by electric motors. According to Venture Global, controlled factory settings significantly decrease construction labor and increase site safety, execution quality, and on-time delivery. Venture Global's strategy is centered around consistency. All four of its projects are in Louisiana and feature the same general pipeline buildouts, on-site power systems, train sizes, and storage tanks. In this vein, the company can simply replicate Calcasieu Pass's success at CP2 LNG, Plaquemines LNG, and Delta LNG. Advancing on target. Venture Global continues to execute and achieve major milestones at each of its projects. Cargos originating from its Calcasieu Pass project have been delivered to 24 countries and accounted for approximately 10% of the LNG exported from the United States to Europe in 2022 and 2023. Venture Global has taken a final investment decision on both phases of its 20 MTPA nameplate Plaquemines LNG facility, which is on target to produce its first LNG in 2024. By early September, Plaquemines LNG will have received the first four liquefaction train modules, blocks one and two, and the roof will be raised on its third LNG storage tank. The company expects to commence construction of its CP2 LNG facility later this year, following receipt of Federal Energy Regulatory Commission authorization. To date, 9.25 MTPA of CP2 LNG's 20 MTPA nameplate capacity has been sold under 20-year sale and purchase agreements. Baker Hughes, as a strategic LNG equipment supplier to Venture Global, provided comprehensive LNG technology solutions to the Calcasieu Pass LNG facilities, and will provide the same to the currently under construction Plaquemines LNG facility. Venture Global is thrilled to announce our long-term plan to expand LNG production both in and outside of Louisiana, building on the momentum of our first three projects, Calcasieu Pass, Plaquemines LNG, and CP2 LNG, said Venture Global Chief Executive Officer Mike Sabell. Now more than ever, we are committed to our mission of delivering low-cost LNG at a larger scale to support the world's growing demand for energy security, prosperity, and environmental progress. 
Natural gas will continue to play a critical role as a bridging and destination fuel for the energy transition. We are proud of our longstanding collaboration with Venture Global LNG and continue to support their plan to expand LNG production to address global energy demand, said Baker Hughes Chair and CEO Lorenzo Simonelli. Building on our positive track record for the Calcasieu Pass and Plaquemines LNG projects, we look forward to providing Venture Global with our technology to enable faster time to LNG, a key advantage to our modular LNG design. Ideal Electric grows its motor and generator portfolio. Ideal Electric acquires Lewis Alice product lines by B. Henry Henderson. Ideal Electric has acquired the tangible and intangible personal property and certain intellectual property of Lewis Alice Large Synchronous Machines and Lewis Alice Large Induction Motors product lines of the former Lewis Alice Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In addition, the acquisition grants Ideal rights to certain intellectual property related to Beloit Power Systems Motors and Generators, Fairbanks Morse Motors and Generators, and Colt Industries Motors and Generators. Headquartered in Ohio, Ideal is a privately held original equipment manufacturer of a full range of specialty high-power electric machinery. Ideal's acquisition provides Lewis Alice Company's large motors and generator customers and the customers of its other legacy brands with continued service and production of new machines, new designs, replacements, and spares, factory-engineered upgrades, parts, field service, and support. Ideal is committed to being the most capable Build America, Buy America Act, OEM for motors and generators, said Ideal president and owner Jim Peterson. Our company combines entrepreneurial American ownership, ultimate control over materials and origin, and full in-house production with the goal to produce 100% made-in-America products. Further, this acquisition greatly increases our installation base and know-how in support of new products and sustainment programs for the defense industry. The intellectual property Ideal acquired which includes files, drawings, engineering data, design, and other information in vast paper, microfilm, and digital stores, has all been relocated to Ideal's Mansfield, Ohio factory and is being digitized for the first time. The acquisition includes the right to engineer, design, manufacture, sell, and market all Lewis Alice induction motors above 950 horsepower, including Lewis Alice large synchronous machines and Lewis Alice large induction motors, and the right to use the names Lewis Alice Company. Lewis Alice Large Motor, Lewis Alice Large Motor Corporation, and the Lewis Alice Stylized Logo. Excluded from the acquisition are the small Lewis Alice Alternating Current Induction Motors below the National Electrical Manufacturers Association N449 frame. Lewis Alice AC Induction Motors up to 950 horsepower completely made and manufactured outside the United States and used or reconditioned motors of any frame size. Lewis Alice supports both the upstream and midstream oil and gas marketplace with single source service and repair capabilities for electric motors and generators up to 13 kV. Lewis Alice 7000 series frames have been used throughout the gas compression industry for decades. Ideal, together with its Lewis Alice company, Beloit Power Systems, Colt Industries, and Fairbanks Morse Motors and Generators businesses, is the OEM of high power specialty electric motors, generators, condensers, converters, power systems, and controls up to 50 MVA for a wide range of onshore and offshore applications. This month's reading is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has manufactured engines for gas compression, drilling, production, and well service. Today, Caterpillar continues the evolution of their gas compression engines with the CAT G3600 A4 Gen 2, 
offering fewer emissions and the option to deliver 10% more power compared to the previous model. Visit cat.com slash G3600 to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and components. Learn more at canesdictionary.com. Now, back to the reading. Richburn and Leanburn Engines, The Big Picture by Brandon Mabe. Natural gas remains a crucial contributor to the energy industry. The use of gas compression engines for gas lift, gas gathering, wellhead gas compression, pipeline compression, storage, gathering, and reinjection makes this equipment a key player in compression operations to support demand. As operators contemplate sustainability goals alongside their operational metrics, determining the type of engine to support their oil and gas operations requires close consideration. Should operators deploy rich burn engines or lean burn engines to help achieve their goals? Choosing an engine that can meet the complete spectrum of operators' needs from durability to power to total cost of ownership to sustainability depends upon an individual project's requirements. Selecting an engine that is purpose-built for a given application can provide maximum operational flexibility while reducing operating and capital expenses. Rich and lean definitions. Lambda is the ratio between the amount of oxygen present in a combustion chamber versus the amount that needs to be present to get perfect combustion. For industrial gas engines, there are two primary combustion architectures, stoichiometric or rich burn with lambda around 1.0 and lean burn with lambda greater than 1.5. The primary impact of adding additional air into the combustion process is that the temperatures in the cylinder drop as more excess air is added. This impact is driven by the fact that the combustion gases are being diluted with excess air that is not being combusted, thereby lowering the average temperature. The graph on the next page of the print version of this article shows the temperature rise of the gases in the cylinder as a function of the air-fuel ratio. The effect of this temperature creates unique advantages and disadvantages for both rich and lean burn engine platforms. Attributes of rich burn and lean burn engines. For large industrial gas engines, the performance impact of the combustion temperature is roughly characterized as follows for each combustion architecture. The relative relationship of individual performance parameters varies depending on the specific engines being compared. Therefore, this is a general characterization of the relative characteristics of each combustion architecture. Engine designers can optimize any architecture for any specific performance variable. However, fewer sacrifices are needed to optimize around system architectural characteristics. Engine selection factors. Choosing the engine type that best suits an operator's needs depends on the requirements for fuel flexibility, reliability, power density, fuel costs, compliance with emission standards, and total cost of ownership. Using their performance characterizations to assess these factors can help determine which engine could be most advantageous for a given project. Horsepower node. For projects that require higher horsepower nodes, Lean burn combustion allows engine designers to increase engine displacement before critical component temperatures reach design limits. This is driven by the fact that heat rejection capability does not scale linearly with cylinder volume. Lean burn engines, because of their lower temperatures for combustion, will have less heat to reject. Therefore, they can make more power before running into critical component temperature. Fuel efficiency. Engine efficiency is a function of many different design variables, including but not limited to valve timing, brake mean effective pressure, engine speed, and piston geometry. The heat of the combustion gas has an impact on engine efficiency as well. 
In general, as combustion gas temperature increases, the specific heat of the gas changes so it is less efficient at turning thermal energy into mechanical force on the piston. As a result, the lower combustion temperature of a lean burn engine makes it more fuel efficient. Fuel tolerance. Most gas engines are optimized to run on methane, but are capable of running on various gaseous hydrocarbons. Methane is a very stable molecule. However, as the length of the hydrocarbon molecule increases, the potential for premature ignition or knock also increases. All engine architectures can lower in-cylinder temperatures by derating or limiting how much power is generated by reducing the mass flow rate of air and fuel through the engine. Therefore, with larger engines, a lean burn combustion architecture allows engine designers to pursue more aggressive rating strategies with higher BTU fuels. Engine longevity. Managing component temperatures is critical to managing the life of the engine. As engine displacement scales up, the lower relative temperature provides an advantage for managing component temperatures when compared to an equivalent engine using a stoichiometric air-fuel ratio. Similar to other engine performance characteristics, the engine life and component temperatures and durability can be optimized by sacrificing performance in other areas. However, fewer compromises are required for lean burn architectures, especially as the size of the engine scales up and heat rejection becomes more challenging. Like most engineered systems, gas engine performance is a factor of many design variables. Because good performance in one application may not translate to others, designers must balance these many factors when designing an engine for the specific application in question. For lower displacement engines, rich burn combustion architecture provides designers advantages to lower exhaust methane without aftertreatment and achieve lower NOx emissions when including a three-way catalyst. In large displacement gas compression applications where durability, reliability, and flexibility are all critical, the use of a lean burn architecture can give designers important advantages in delivering the uptime and low total cost of ownership in users' demand. Ultimately, when evaluating the selection of an engine architecture for modern gas compression applications, the use of a lean burn platform allows engineers and end users to achieve the widest range of performance possible while minimizing compromises. About the author. Brandon Mabe is the oil and gas sustainable solutions architect for Caterpillar Inc. He has more than 16 years of engineering experience in the industry. He joined Caterpillar in 2018 and holds a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from Texas A&M University. University of Wyoming to lead $10 million hydrogen project with award from Department of Energy by Christine Reed, Director of Outreach at the University of Wyoming School of Energy Resources. The Hydrogen Energy Research Center, or H2ERC, at the University of Wyoming School of Energy Resources is set to lead a collaborative project integrating a produced water thermal desalinization technology along with autothermal or steam methane reforming for efficient hydrogen production. Partner with Los Alamos National Laboratory, Engineering, Procurement, and Construction LLC, and Williams, one of the nation's largest energy infrastructure companies, the project aims to demonstrate hydrogen production using water produced during oil and gas extraction. Water is a very valuable resource in Wyoming and the arid west, said H2ERC Director Eugene Hollombiak. Hydrogen production requires water, so if we are able to use water that would normally be considered a waste product from oil and gas production and turn it into a value-added resource for another energy-producing technology, we are effectively helping two different energy industries in Wyoming while conserving an indispensable resource. In August, the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Fossil Energy and Carbon Management 
announced the project had been selected to negotiate a nearly $5 million award as part of the expanded clean hydrogen production, storage, transport, and utilization to enable a net zero carbon economy, funding opportunity with cost share among the project partners, bringing the total endeavor to $10 million. The initiative will continue advancement in hydrogen technologies that can improve performance, reliability, and flexibility of existing and novel methods to produce, transport, store, and use hydrogen in support of the nationwide goals of reducing greenhouse gases and achieving economy-wide net zero emissions. Over the course of two years, the project team will construct a containerized demonstration unit and test unit at a Williams-owned natural gas treatment and compression plant in southwest Wyoming. During this time, there will be some research into the technology at Los Alamos to resolve remaining challenges associated with integration. This work in Wyoming and national laboratories is a critical step to advance our strategy to blend hydrogen into the natural gas stream and transport it via existing infrastructure to further improve the emissions footprint of heating, cooling, cooking, and power generation, said Williams New Energy Ventures Vice President Brian Helvinka. Our ultimate goal is to inject hydrogen into our natural gas pipeline assets as a blended fuel to use within the state and deliver to the Pacific Northwest or other demand centers via our nearly 4,000-mile bidirectional transmission system known as Northwest Pipeline. Co-principal investigators on the project include Charles Nye, an associate research scientist at SER's Center for Economic Geology Research, Frosten Sharon, a staff scientist at Los Alamos, and John Cornish, the president of EPC. Williams will be closely involved in the project's field testing. The team will integrate a technology called supercritical water desalinization and oxidation with ATR-SMR. SCWDO uses heat to remove salts, metals, and organic molecules from water. ATR-SMR then combines this pure water with methane to produce hydrogen. The heat-intensive SCWDO process can successfully be coupled to the front of the ATR-SMR process. This project will go beyond water conservation, and we hope to show that an old, traditionally inefficient process can in fact be very efficient when paired with the right technologies, said Nye. SCWDO makes hot, clean water, and SMR needs hot, clean water. Normally, those heating steps are separate and wastefully duplicative. By heating the water only once and keeping it hot throughout the chain of technologies, we will show better net efficiency. According to the project team, these efficiencies and economies of scale will help the project field demonstrate a 15% cost reduction over existing ATR-SMR technologies at the scale around one ton of hydrogen per day. Supported by the state of Wyoming, the Ann Schultz Foundation, and Williams, H2ERC is an SER center of excellence that focuses on applied research to support the growth of the hydrogen industry in Wyoming. It leads investigative analysis to identify and quantify the relative competitive advantages of Wyoming in an emerging hydrogen economy and collaborates with Wyoming stakeholders to support growth of a hydrogen industry focused on serving the state's existing energy customers and growing new markets. This project is the first competitive grant to be awarded to H2ERC. In the coming years, H2ERC expects to bring more valuable projects to Wyoming and Wyoming's industries. Thanks for listening to the October 2023 edition of GCM on the Go. This month's reading is brought to you by Caterpillar Oil & Gas. For nearly 100 years, Caterpillar has manufactured engines for gas compression, drilling, production, and well service. Today, Caterpillar continues the evolution of their gas compression engines with the CAT G3600A4 Gen 2, offering fewer emissions and the option to deliver 10% more power compared to the previous model 
Visit cat.com slash G3600 to learn more. This episode is also sponsored by Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary. With more than 2,000 words and 200 illustrations, Kane's Rotating Machinery Dictionary is designed to help users quickly define and understand frequently used words within the rotating machinery industry. This resource is perfect for anyone needing to identify equipment, processes, and components. Learn more at canesdictionary.com. GCM on the Go is produced by Third Coast Publishing Group. Music by Ghost Town Disco. I'm Danny Felber. Hi, I'm Brent, a producer of UCM on the Go. If you made it this far into the podcast, first and foremost, thank you. We appreciate you listening to the show. Second, be sure to check out Gas Compression Magazine. There's so much more than what you hear in this podcast. Feature articles contain detailed images, charts, tables, maps, and other visuals that they just don't translate to this format. You don't want to miss them. In addition, each issue of Gas Compression Magazine includes monthly columns like contracts and permits, machinery in motion, reliable compression, what went wrong, mergers and markets, hate report, in the news, and so much more. If you've not already done so, be sure to subscribe to the magazine. Not only will you get monthly delivery of Gas Compression Magazine for free, but you can also sign up to get our twice-monthly digital newsletter, receive free access to the GCM Resource Center, and tons of other benefits that come with subscribing. Print, digital, or both, it's always free to subscribe to Gas Compression Magazine. Visit www.gascompressionmagazine.com to learn more and to sign up.